Good morning. Good morning. Technical difficulties by me up here. I got my mic stuck in my shoe. That's always fun. And no, no red eye today, so I don't even fully have an excuse as to why I'm fumbling with uh, cords and shoelaces, uh, other than the time change is a little different from the West Coast. Uh, but good morning, how are you all doing? All right, just got two people who are doing okay, and that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> well, I am excited uh, to be with you all this morning. Uh, thank you, worship team. Thank you, announcement team. Lynn, thank you for the shout out to Open Arms. And if you have time afterwards, we'd love to have you. Um, and special shout out to Tim, uh, who bought the word last week. Uh, so I am grateful, and I'm going to tag team back in and pick up where he left off in that great message and hopefully continue to carry the momentum uh, of this series this morning. Is that all right? Well, I have a special surprise for you today, one that I have been promising you all for a really long time. Um, and I know you're like on the edge of your seat. What is it? What could it be? I have for you this morning, drum roll please, a actual squad. Thank y'all. Um, I have for you all this morning a scripture slide. Give it up. It happened. It happened. Wait. Do I, do I have a script? Did I just lie? Oh, I got so nervous. I was like, oh, man. Okay, there we have it. I'm so excited. Uh, the first time since I have begun my interim ship here. Look at God. Somebody is making progress this year, and it would be me. All right, Psalm 100. Let's go ahead and read the text, pray, and we're going to get into it. <clears throat> it reads, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are a good father and you love to give good gifts. We thank you for the gift of this day. We just pray that we would continue to rejoice and be glad in it. We ask that during this time, God, that by your spirit, you would come in uh, and continue to just saturate our hearts, change us, challenge us, draw us into deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we say together, amen. Um, specifically, as we are going into this week of Thanksgiving, I wanted to talk a little bit just about thankfulness and gratitude. Um, one of the things that I find really interesting is typically when we get to this time of the year, there tends to be like a push to kind of get things done. We start looking around and then all those things that we didn't do this year, you know, the boxes we didn't unpack, the clothes uh, that we uh, didn't give away, uh, the clothes that shrunk in the dryer, you know what I'm saying? 
uh, that somehow don't fit, but it's not our fault for sure. But as we kind of end the year, you know, I, I see people um, on social media kind of going, okay, it's that last push. Here's the thing that we have to do. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I buy into that. I go, yeah, there are some things that I need to finish, things that I need to do. And so I don't know about you, but I am a project person. Any other project people out there? So I have a list. I always have a list of things to do. I always have a project that I need to do. I recently moved, and when I moved, uh, some of the projects that I began back in 2018 carried themselves with me in 2022 across the country. What do I mean? I have all of these items that I need to get away, give away, and every time I go, I'm going to sort through them every year. I'm going to sort through them. I'm going to make it happen. But when you move, it is something that you kind of go, okay, this time again, I'm really going to do it. And so I'm the kind of project person that I'm really impulsive. I wait and I wait and I wait and I wait, as I just said, years. And then all of a sudden, at the most inconvenient time, okay, you can ask my husband, usually like at 5 a.m., I'm rummaging through closets, my poor children. I'm in their rooms, too, getting things that they don't fit. And they're all wondering, why is this woman rummaging through our things in the middle of the night like she is a cat burglar. But I have projects to do. I have things to happen. I have clothes to give away. I have uh, things to see if I still like them or not. Does anybody else go through and sort through their things? I, I do. I, I don't want to be the kind of person that has all these things in my closet. I, I always dread it. Like, I don't want to be the person on that show. You know, what is it called? A pack rat? Wasn't that like a reality TV show? Hoarders. Look at all you reality watching TV people. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be that person. And so, you know, I'm always trying to make sure I purge things out of my house slowly but surely, but usually I either am procrastinating or I'm impulsive and I'm doing it all at once. And so because that tends to be my rhythm, here we are at the end of the year again. I'm seeing this push on social media and by other people. What's your project? What's the thing you're going to do? And so I am going, you know what? I got projects to do as a matter of fact before I came here this weekend. And thank God no red eye this week. I actually slept last night. And so before I came here, I was in my closet finding shoes that I bought for my daughter, no kidding, two years ago, that she cannot fit. And so I had determined before I got to get on the plane, y'all. This is how I work. I, before, it's two hours before I have to go. And I, I, I justify my procrastinating by going, I have clear. Does anybody have it where you get TS, TSA pass people in here? You guys, I'm so mad at you because you all don't even have to take off your shoes and stuff. Clear is like the lower version <laughs> of the TSA situation. But neither here nor there, I justify my last minute stuff by going, you know what, I got clear. I'm just gonna roll the dice and see what happens. Um, I barely made it, but I made it. Look at God. Did I finish that project? I did not. <laughs> I did not, but it still just points to 
that thing in us that says, okay, I have to do something. A chapter is closing. There is something that I need to do. There's something that I need to push for. Maybe it's completing that project. Maybe it's reaching out to that person to reconcile that relationship. Maybe it's that crash diet before the holidays so you know your, the clothes that you have now can fit after Thanksgiving. I don't know. But we all kind of have that something as this year is ending, as we're wrapping up going, okay, maybe there's this thing I can do. Here's the finish line. But what I want to suggest to you today after we read our text that was so nicely on the screen there is what if we chose to do nothing except be thankful? That's it. What if we chose to do nothing but be thankful? Be thankful for what God has already done. And we can be thankful, too, for what he's doing. And it's not that attempt to just get a little bit more in. Let me get a little bit more in. But what if we are just thankful? And why gratitude? You know, as we get to the end of the year and all these things are happening and we're pushing for final things and projects and that stress kind of comes, the real picture is probably that those projects and those things probably won't get done, but we can always be grateful. Gratitude actually has its benefits too. Studies show that people who are grateful are happier in life than those who aren't. Gratitude brings a sort of happiness and easiness to our lives. But above all, the Bible actually instructs us to be thankful. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, and it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, and check this out, and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So what if we closely follow these instructions, choosing to practice thankfulness? I think it drastically decrease or maybe even probably eliminate some of the obstacles we have to living lives in peace and gratitude. I think it would eliminate our complaining or at least drastically decrease it. Eliminate or drastically decrease Uh, pouting or discontent, worry, fears, and frustration. I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds good. That if I can take gratitude and be thankful that there is this exchange that gets made where I get to give things that weigh heavy on me in exchange for peace, in exchange for God's goodness, in exchange for seeing the good that God has already done. That's the power of gratitude. 
Gratitude can change the game. It changes our life's landscape or at least our perspective on it when we are thankful. How many things happened for you this week that you can name that you can say, I'm thankful for that? Follow-up question, how many times did we stop this week to say thank you for all those things that we just thought about? And I don't want to, you know, sound new agey and stuff and say, okay, let's just all gather together, meditate, and be grateful. It's not that. It's really scripture instructs us to. There is something that God knows about gratitude and thankfulness that moves us into places where we can best be our best selves and be the best Christ followers that we can be. Let me just really quickly again reintroduce our main text, right? Shout with joy to the Lord. Worship him with what gladness, singing and having joy. He has made us and we are his. If you can't think of anything else to be grateful for, just that line alone, he has made us and we are his. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. He is the great shepherd. He watches over us. He keeps us. He protects us. He loves us. And therefore, he says, enter into my gates with what? Not request, not complaints, not even heaviness, but with gratitude. Enter into my gates with thanksgiving. Go into my courts with praise, praising his name. And verse 5 tells us why. For the Lord is good. And that really is a full stop, which is why it's a period there. The Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. You know, this psalm is noted as a thanksgiving psalm, one that was most likely used as a thanksgiving offering in the temple. Uh, this psalm and psalms in general are great because they offer us illustrations of what praise and worship look like. And when some people hear these words like we just did, many of us as we listen to the words of that text, we get a visual. We see what that looks like. We know what that means. We can envision ourselves doing the worship. We can envision ourselves doing, doing the praise, right? And I've always experienced this tension sometimes when I come into church. I think I named this a couple of weeks ago when I come into church and I'm having a moment with God and I'm overwhelmed. And sometimes I get self-conscious or insecure because I wonder if people are looking and judging me. And that is such a strange feeling to have in church among the body of Christ and among believers because if there is anybody who should know or embrace uh, those moments where you are feeling overwhelmed by the goodness of God, it should be those who are walking with God as well. That it shouldn't be such a strange and out of place occurrence when we hear people verbally aloud praising God, saying, thank you, Jesus. We, it shouldn't be such a, an awkward thing if we see someone weeping 
um, because they are overwhelmed by the goodness of God. It shouldn't be so uncomfortable when your neighbor sings loudly and off key because they are so full of joy, right? And, and you know, I get it. It may seem weird, but if we are in the company of believers, people who are equally walking with the same God, who are, who are his creation, who have been made by him, who are his people and who are his sheep. Why would it be strange? Why would it be uncomfortable? Why would it be out of place? Why would it even be relegated to something that is part of that person's culture or background or thing? Why isn't it just, I am overwhelmed by the same good God that woke you up, yeah? I'm overwhelmed by that same God and I am verbal about it, I am praising him about it because I call to mind all of the good things and the great things that he does. And just like I'm an impulsive project person, sometimes I am an impulsive praise and worship person. The thing that comes to my mind, when I begin to get overwhelmed by that, just excuse me. Just like I ask my family to do when I'm up at five in the morning rummaging through things, trying to get things together, right? Because I've thought about something. Sometimes when you think about something, I mean, when you really think about something. I mean, I'm thinking of some things now and I, I feel the stirring in my spirit and I am so overwhelmed and I am so grateful for how good God is. I remember times where he has literally saved me and healed me. I remember being hospitalized for two weeks with COVID coming home on ventilators, injecting myself with blood thinners in my abdomen for three months, twice a day. They said I would have to do it for the rest of my life. I think about that and I go, God, you are good, because I don't have to. I am grateful, I am overwhelmed. And see, even me naming that and getting excited about that, I have a moment where it almost feels awkward. But it shouldn't be because I'm in a place where people know the same God that I know. Who understand the same blessing. Some of you have experienced that and more. Can we pause and go, what is it about gratitude in the place where we should be the most grateful that makes us uncomfortable? What is that? Hopefully, as we explore really what benefits and the revelation that God brings us in places of gratitude and thankfulness, we will move from places of being overwhelmed by fear, by worry, by discontent, by complaint, and really move to a place where we are saying, God, saturate me. <laughs> saturate even my memory, bring back to my memory all the things that you have done. So when I come into your sanctuary with your people, with my brothers and sisters, with your creation, God, there should be almost like this overwhelming burst of gratitude that comes forward, not because we are obliged, but because we are moved. We are moved. You know, Thanksgiving offerings used to look really just 
tough. They were archaic, right? In Leviticus chapter 7, I just want to read it to you just for the sake of giving you a visual and then letting you know I'm not making this up, right? So Leviticus 7 and 11, and how, and I would like to get points today for taking y'all to Leviticus, because when was the last time you heard your pastor or any pastor bust out Leviticus? Everybody just said touche. These are the instructions regarding the different kinds of peace offerings that may be presented to the Lord. If you present your peace offering as an expression of thanksgiving, the usual animal sacrifice must be accompanied by various kinds of bread <clears throat> made without yeast, thin cakes mixed with oil, wafers spread with oil, cakes made of choice flour mixed with olive oil. This peace offering of thanksgiving must also be accompanied by loaves of bread made with yeast. One of each kind of bread must be presented as a gift to the Lord. It will then belong to the priest who splatters the blood of peace of the blood of the peace offering against the offer. The meat of the peace offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on the same day it is offered. None of it may be saved until the next morning. It was involved to bring God an offering. I mean, could you imagine having to bake cookies, breads, and crackers before coming to church today as an offering? Maybe my friend Julian could. He, he likes to cook. Is Julian here? He is? I don't know if he is, but shout out to Julian. He's a great cook. Could you imagine how involved that was? I think sometimes we take for granted the freedom that we have in Jesus. <laughs> that we can walk through these doors today, having gone through and been through and whatever we did and had and know that there is a rush of God's grace that meets us when we step into places like this. And we don't bring a bread, we don't bring crackers, we don't bring meat, we don't, we don't do all of the things that you know happened in the Old Testament, but you know what we bring? We bring an even better offering. That's ourselves. We bring our heart. We bring our minds. We bring our soul. We don't have to bake and worry about if it has yeast or no yeast. Is it flat enough? Is it buttery enough? I don't know why butter is not included in this offering situation, but you know, or hot sauce, but that's a different story. But when we think about what needed to be extended to God in the past versus what we can extend now, I would say it's easy to give. It's easy to extend the offering in comparison. It's easy to extend the offering that is ourselves. It is easy to extend the offering that is our heart. And here's the good news. It doesn't even have to be that we are perfect. God accepts us messy, broken, and all. He goes, you don't even have to come to me perfectly. You could come to me broken. The only thing that I ask is that you come. All who are thirsty. All who are weak. He doesn't say all who are strong. All who have been filled up and full. He goes, if you are lacking, this is the place to come. If you are struggling, 
That's the offering I want. If you are limping, that is what I want you to extend. Perhaps our discomfort sometimes in actually making that Thanksgiving offering so vibrant, so engaging and, and loud and, 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 and present and filling his sanctuary with it, is maybe we're ensnared in our own brokenness, feeling like we have to bring a perfect offering to God. And God doesn't require a perfect offering. He just requires you. Just as you are. Just as you are. And it is something sometimes, I think, about those folks who have the audacity to praise him in a way that they have completely been freed from shame, from fear, from uh, the disgust of whatever has happened to them. And maybe that's what that awkwardness is. Maybe we're going, hey, that seems strange to be so free from all of those things, so free from the limping, the brokenness, the scars, and the hurt that you can still shout and sing and present such a vibrant praise to God. I think the praises and the worship that God loves most are the ones we bring to him when we are most broken the ones we bring to him when we have most struggled, the ones we bring to him when we are most inadequate. Perhaps that tension when we see people praising or when we ourselves are struggling to worship and praise in a way that brings vibrancy and participation and excitement to God's church and his home and his space and to his people, it's the obstacle of inadequacy. Because I don't think the argument is you always say, no, it doesn't take all that. I don't agree in thanksgiving and praise. I don't think this is that group. But maybe we are a group that carries inadequacies. And sometimes those inadequacies weigh on us. And we forget to take the inadequacies off Right? When we come in, this is the safe space where we should be able to take the inadequacies off. But sometimes what happens is that we all walk in and we all see each other with the inadequacies, right? And instead of giving that person comfort and taking off my inadequacies first and not saying I had a great week, but naming that it's been hard, that I'm tired, that I'm feeling broken, but I'm here and I'm ready to be encouraged. No, I don't do that. I say, man, everything's okay. I'm all right. I had a good day. I had this. And see, and then that goes to the other person. That's their signal. Well, I better be strong too. <laughs> I better not say that I had a rough day. I better not say that I'm feeling inadequate in any way because I don't want to be the weakest link. But let me tell you what God wants in his church, a weakest link. Thank you for that half clap. I knew I was getting to somebody this morning. I felt that in my spirit. And I'm appreciative, thank you, right? Because his strength is perfected in our what? Weakness, come on, come on. My reality TV show watching people. 
Y'all know the word and you know your, your, your shows. I think it was a different group that named the scripture though, but hey, that's all right. We're participating. There is something about taking off those inadequacies when we come into the house of the Lord, where we should be encouraging one another to do so by maybe risking and taking that first step to be awkwardly inadequate ourselves first. Because that is our first step to presenting a grateful heart and a grateful sacrifice in God's house. Going back really quickly to Colossians chapter 3, and don't worry, I'm going to land the plane soon. Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. For members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And here's the thing, it's not just any kind of peace. It is a peace that surpasses human understanding. It is beyond our comprehension. That there should be something about the space and the place where God's people who are, who are carrying spirits of gratitude, that when I come into this space, I experience peace. Peace and thankfulness. There should be peace when I walk in. Enough peace for me to be comfortable, to be inadequate. Enough peace for me to weep openly to my God and cry out about whatever it is. Enough peace for me to stretch up my hands and offer my best Thanksgiving offering. That when we sing, come, Lord Jesus, come, my arms are stretched wide. And it's okay because I am full of peace and thankfulness. I am ready to shed every inadequacy and say, Holy Spirit, come. But here's the thing that is so great that we have to remember. Remember, we are one body. When I have this posture, I just don't have this posture for me, but I have it for you. You just don't have that posture for yourself, but you have it for me. You have it for the one who sits next to you, the one who is behind you, the one who is in front of you. Imagine if we all could be in unity and agreement and alignment with this posture. What would the sanctuary be filled with. I think we would be overwhelmed by God's goodness in a way that might even surprise ourselves, that we would experience freedom and peace in a way that released us from shame, from fear, from doubt, that for that moment, we are able to see all the good things, all the God things. For that moment, we are even able to see the bad things and then name those bad things and say, God, I thank you, right? Job said, Job said this, right? You give and you take away, but blessed be your name, right? The same God who gives us, who allows us to experience that bad will say to us, listen, I could turn it around and make it for good. Joseph said, what the enemy what the devil meant for evil, 
my God turned and made good. Therefore, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says this, therefore I can be thankful in all circumstances. Did you like my all? Therefore I can be thankful in all, yep, all of it. I mean just all of it, all of it. I can be thankful. The prerequisite for being thankful is not that everything is perfect. I can be thankful in all. I woke up tired, exhausted, and I just don't know what to do. I can be thankful in all. I woke up excited, had my Starbucks, I had my favorite drink and made it right. I can be thankful in all. I came to church and I got my favorite seat. I can be thankful in all. I came to church and did not see my favorite preacher who was up last week, Tim. I can still be thankful for all. Because it's not contingent upon what I'm experiencing. Because that will change. That will be inconsistent. But you know who doesn't change? God. He remains the same. And here's what happens. Sometimes we forget that he remains the same. Why? Because we begin to impose our limitations on God when he doesn't show up the way we think he should, when we pray and he doesn't answer. We begin to think that he's incapable or that he's incapable for do, of doing it for us. So we begin to think he's inconsistent. And so then we go, I don't know that I could be thankful in all. And God says, you can because I am consistent. I am a God that offers goodness and peace. And if you want to be able to continue to strip yourself of those inadequacies, those fears, the weight, the sin that hold you down, the obstacles that keep you from being a sheep, in my pasture, shepherded by the great shepherd. If you want to move beyond that, a simple step you can take is to be thankful. We're entering into Thanksgiving week, right? And we're excited, many of us. We get to go home, we get to see family, friends, Greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, lamb, salt. Okay. <laughs> this is the TV watching side over here. This is the side that's on Twitter and Instagram, clearly. <laughs> they know the memes. <laughs> but what if we didn't save our posture of Thanksgiving for Thursday? And truth be told, some of us may not even be looking forward to the holiday. But thank God, Scripture says, in all things, I can be grateful. In all things, I can offer a continual 
sacrifice to the God that is good, to the God that is glorious. That perhaps instead of pushing for those final things, those projects in the middle of the day and night, if you're impulsive like me, maybe push for a change in posture. That God, if there is anything that can help my year end on a more excellent note, it wouldn't be me finishing this project, though that sounds great. It wouldn't be me figuring out what happened with this relationship and fixing that thing, though that would be great. It wouldn't be this thing at work or school or whatever the thing may be. But if my posture can come in alignment with your truth, that I can embody Psalm 100 a little differently, that I could see your goodness and your glory on new levels and in new ways, because that's how good God is. He, 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 though he stays the same, there's always something new to learn about him. And the more we offer ourselves to him, I believe the more the shouts come, the more the worship comes, the more the gratitude comes. Why? Because we can begin to lay down our weights. We can begin to let go of our inadequacies. We can begin to celebrate the ultimate sacrifice that was made for us so that we can enter into the gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise.